In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, you know much of the scripture, like myself, and Psalm 133 says this, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren and cistern, is that a word? Sisters, to dwell together in unity. Well, King David declared it when he wrote that psalm, and it still rings true today. In a world that is fractured by hate and racial tension, unity stands out. And unity is one of the pillars of our mission, WAVA and One Heart DC. And today we have an incredibly special story to share with you, a, a friendship that crosses racial lines and has persevered through some difficult times. Our guests have been serving together for several years at an outreach for inner city youth, the House DC. The House DC is a ministry that is breaking cycles of poverty, homelessness, incarceration, and unemployment by providing at-risk youth in Anacostia with comprehensive services to help them establish healthy and sustainable futures. They join us today to share their own story and tell us how the gospel is spreading hope in Anacostia. And you know the drill, folks. You know it. Here to get us started, introduce our guests for today is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Aspen, Virginia. My man, it's good to see you. Thank you, my friend. Good to be here. Good to uh, talk about what we talk about on the show, the good news of the gospel. Amen. Dennis, I don't know if you heard this. There's an old saying that goes like this. The best time to plant an oak tree is 10 years ago. (laughs) Second best time to plant an oak tree is today. And the thought behind that is this, is that many times we think about what we should be doing and say, man, I should have done this a long time ago. Well, today's a good day to start. And certainly this last year and much of the time before that has brought many challenges across the world, uh, whether we talk about COVID or whether we talk about something else. In our country, uh, one of the themes that we continue to talk about here is the gospel has the power to heal, heal racial divide. And one of the things I love about what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to two ladies whose friendship um, was like the oak tree that's already been planted. And we're going to learn like a whole lot from a lot from them, I believe, yes. looking at what they've done for those of us, maybe, who are just now recognizing some of the things and the ways that we need to change, who need to be planting oak trees today. And so uh, as we look into the day, we got two people in the studio that we've had before uh, for longtime listeners. We were just talking about this off air of probably about two years ago. And, you know, for Dennis and I, you know, for to to remember two weeks ago, that's a that's a miracle for us. But to remember back two years ago is even more. Uh, And so I want to introduce you to them if I can. First, we have Lawanda Bornstein. She's a highly recognized leader and dedicated professional committed to building relationships across diverse cultures to eliminate racial divide. Her passion stems from personal experience as an African-American herself who grew up in a unique environment of diversity. 
When she was a child, which includes her five brothers, she integrated the largest Christian school in the Washington, D.C. area. She belonged to several churches where the parishioners were either all black or all white. And she learned early on the importance and the value of bringing people together. Amen. Lawanda has held workshops on crossing the cultural divide, a high-performing team, and understanding personality types. And for the past 19 years, she's played a key role in supporting and promoting the message and the vision of the House DC, which is a nonprofit organization focused on providing quality of life to inner-city youth and young adults. She is the president chief executive officer at the House DC a veteran of the nonprofit industry. She has 20 years of program management, operations, fundraising, financial, and staff leadership experience. She is one of the few people uh, in this area of the country that was born and raised in this area of the country, specifically in the D.C. area she was born and raised. She has one son, two grandsons uh, that she adores. Gina Williams, uh, she is a wife to Jamie, mom to Caitlin. Born and raised also in the Washington, D.C., out in the suburbs in a wonderful Christian home, and she considers herself blessed to have known Jesus her whole life. She graduated Amen. with an accounting degree from Villanova University, and she has run her own CPA firm, Regina Solis Williams CPA, since 1995. All of her clients are not-for-profits, and she's passionate specifically about helping nonprofits become or stay financially strong so they can continue to do and to the work they've been called to do and benefit the community they're trying to serve. She has a heart for the people there at the House DC and loves to serve any way she can in this ministry. She loves to travel, which as we all know, is a little bit harder right now in COVID. So someday, hopefully we get a chance to do that more. She loves to run and spend time being a wife, a mom, and a grandma. So ladies, thanks uh, for coming and being here. Uh, one of the things I'm excited about in this conversation is our producer, Lauren, she often uh, gives us lead sheets. And that's just things to guide our conversation. People who have listened to our show over and over go, no, this is a conversational show. And we kind of know a little bit where we're going before we get into the conversation on air. But I have this note, Dennis, and we were just talking about this, this note underneath Lauren's production <laughs> notes with this. It said, Wanda and Gina will just feed off each other for much of the conversation. <laughs> I love that because what that means is- That is reminds that, me of us, dude. Yeah. It's a genuine <laughs> friendship, right? And genuine friendship, that's how it works. So let's Amen. start with friendship. One of you can pick up, it doesn't matter. How did two people who on paper might have differing backgrounds and differing experiences find themselves meeting and growing in a friendship? So thank you. Um, it's so good to see you guys. Um, and um, we are just so excited to be here. Um, so, you know, I think we first met um, I shouldn't say I think we first met, but we actually first met when Gina and her husband came to tour our program in uh, Southeast Washington, D.C., the House, D.C. And, um, you know, she came with a group of people from a church and I didn't think anything of it. As a matter of fact, I do remember looking at your husband and I just remember he had this very serious look on his face and I wasn't impressed. <laughs> He always has a very serious <laughs> But then you guys were asking questions and, and it was very interesting. And then you said something in the meeting and when we were given the tour, how you were interested in wanting to mentor um, a young woman who was a single parent because you had been many years um, ago. And mm -hmm. so I, I kind of kept that in the back of my mind. Um, at the time, you know, as I shared with you, I was thinking, I don't know who this woman is. If she's thinking she's going to come in here and mentor at the house DC. <laughs> But then we, but then, you know, I thought about it because there was a young woman that came up and in my mind and I said, well, let me just, you know, meet this woman and mm -hmm. just see what she's about and just find a way to gently turn you away. 
um, cause I didn't think you could connect. Mm-hmm. And it was, and we met at Panera Bread and I had to drive all the way near your place and couldn't find parking. <laughs> you were upset about the parking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was, but it was wonderful because uh, for whatever reason at the time, I was really convicted that I needed to mentor, you know, somebody or that I should at least be open to mentoring somebody. And so I had mentioned that to you. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then we talked and I think I passed muster, you know, at least for the first round. You did. And then we met with this young woman together. Um, and at a, at Red Lobster, Red Lobster remember that? favorite place <laughs> that we, we, I guess you guys we, are doing a lot of eating, man. What's that? <laughs> Everything is around food <laughs> as it should be, but, but no, we met and, and, um, you know, and, and I remember, you know, we met with this young woman and she was, you know, just fabulous. I started getting together with her. Mm-hmm. And she was such a precious person. She was going through such a hard time at that point. And I was so concerned about making sure that I didn't mess this mentorship up that, you know, I would go home and I'd say to my husband, you know, what should I do about this situation or that situation? And he says, you know what, call Lawanda. Lawanda is going to tell you the truth because she doesn't want this to be messed up either. Right, right, and yeah. we, so I did, I called you. I remember the first time I called you, I hate talking to people on the phone. First time I called you, we talked for two hours yeah. and we started talking about her and then we went into other things and that just kind of started a friendship when I'm, I got, I remember getting off the phone and thinking, Oh my gosh, I talked to her for two hours. Like I, I don't talk to my mother for two hours on the phone. <laughs> Your mother's and, not listening to the show right now. Is she? Because we, don't want to get you in trouble, Gina. But she that would, would totally get it. But she would get it, yes. She'll, she'll do the tape version. <laughs> but but it did, you know, it was one of those things where it just kind of clicked, you know, right. and um, and it was wonderful. And um, we started getting together for lunch and it just kind of grew from there. Right, yeah. And yeah. I think one of the things that, you know, when you talk about working together and in particular cross racial lines, and one of the things I appreciated about, you know, what you did was, um, which is something that other people really should think about, is that you asked questions. You didn't come in assuming. And so you just kind of came in and you just said, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. But then you also came in with this sense of humility where mm. um, I remember the first time you were supposed to be meeting up with the mentor and we'll call her Karen. So she's meeting up with Karen and, um, and she didn't show up and you waited for 45 minutes and you drove to her place all across town where she lived in Southeast. And, and so I talked to you and you said, I mean, poor thing, you know, she's going through so much, you know, I waited in the car, but we'll just try again. Instead of, you know, I don't understand why she's not responsible. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I, I sat there for all this time. And I just really appreciate the fact that you were so, um, just so considerate, so compassionate, and had such a desire to want to understand right. rather than be understood. And I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And then we just started talking about like our families and yeah. how we had things in common. And, um, and it just, it was just a natural organic. You know, it seems interesting that when, whether it makes sense on paper, if God has a will for something to happen, God finds a way. And certainly one of the mechanisms of the way to establish this relationship we've already mentioned is the House DC. And if you want to find out more about the House DC, you can just go to www.thehousedc.org 
and you can find out more about it. But for people who are like, you've mentioned the House DC a couple of times. Uh, what is the House DC? Uh, Luana, would you give me just a quick, you know, hey, th- this is what it is. Yeah, so we um, provide an after-school program for high school youth. And of course, now everything that we do is online. So we're trying to help them get through school. We're doing something holistic with the family where we're meeting them where they are. And we are trying to um, just make sure our kids can go to the next grade level. So we're providing food. We're helping with rent. We're doing all kinds of things. But we also work with that next level where 18 to 30 year olds. And we're trying to help them move on with their lives. Some of them may not have gotten their GED or high school diploma. So we help them with that, help them find a job, help them learn how to interview, you know, stay on a job. And we've helped others get into college as well. Yeah. Wow, that's helpful. That's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah, and that's a lot in a nutshell. And so yes. certainly, yes. you know, if there's someone maybe just out there right now who, who are hearing this and they're like, oh, well, I'm kind of like Gina. I feel like God may be calling me towards that. We certainly encourage you. Uh, to get on the website, find out more, call in. I don't know exactly how it's working in the COVID environment, if people are coming in or not, but that'd be a good place to start and then kind of, you know, work from there. And so you guys have just been in ministry together now for for some amount of time. And, and as you've walked in ministry and as you've done that, certainly as you do things alongside of each other, it deepens that friendship. And, and certainly um, over this last year, the discussions that we've been having around the difficulties of race, the difficulties right. of race are not new. Right. The discussions that we're having right now may be bringing something more to the forefront, but this isn't just something that has happened in the last year. And I'm not telling you that anything that you don't know, or any of our longtime listeners, what we believe here on the show, but there are a lot of people now who are trying to say, okay, how do I begin to engage something in a way that I know I need to engage, and that's better unity among different races and living out the good news of the gospel. What sort of advice maybe would you give to someone who is thinking right now, hey, this is something I feel God is calling me to do, and they want to develop a deeper friendship, like the ones that that both of you clearly have already, because it is clear that you guys could talk for two hours and (laughs) just laugh, and I don't mean that negative, this is great. I know we'll have lunch together. We go to lunch like every week. We'll have lunch together. It's like two hours, like, oh, we got to go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, Gina, while I guess while you're thinking about that, as I'm, you know, I'm looking at one of the groups that, that we started, you know, and so we're involved in something called Racial Unity, a path forward. And, and trying to get other churches to start something like this. And we get together on a monthly basis with a group of uh, women. And, um, and, you know, we'd love for it to be co-ed or it could be just all women or all men or whatever churches. But we get together and we talk about real issues that's going on. And then the, the path forward is, okay, so what are we going to do to make a tangible difference to help somebody? Mm-hmm. And um, when you are looking to just really serve, um, you're very open to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, and, and so I kind of look at what we're doing on the racial unity of path forward is a way that um, individuals can engage their community, engage those that are in need. And because of that, even the, the people that are in our group that, you know, we barely had you know known, um, other than a year ago, we developed a relationship, you know, with them. And I don't know if there's other ways that you think of how someone would get involved because of how you came to get yeah, involved. Yeah, you know, our relationships were started organically. I did not think, oh, I need to go find somebody, you know, because of this racial divide in, in our country right now, I need to reach out to the Black community or whatever. It didn't start that way. Right. But... The, the fact that our friendship 
you know, I, I really feel like our friendship does so much to help me. And I don't know about you. I assume so. Sometimes. Un- <laughs> understand. Stop. I really like their friendship, Dennis. They give each other a hard time. Amen, like we do. Amen. I like this. <laughs> no, it, That's when you know they're friends, right? Right. right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but, but, um, but finding a friend and finding somebody who would be open to sharing what it's like, um, you know, the way, what they are experiencing, how they are looking at current issues or, or even just the different perspectives. Like it's so amazing. You, you talk about the racial unity group. We feel like, and we said from the beginning, this group is a group of ladies. There is nothing that you can say in this group that will be offensive. And I think to me, that has always been a problem that I have had with reaching out to people, you know, to, to the black community or that I'm worried I'm going to say something that is wrong, is offensive. And, um, and I didn't have that luxury with you, Lawanda, when we started out, because I was so much more concerned about how Karen was going to respond to the mentorship. Right, right. So we were very open and honest with each other. Lawanda is a very honest person anyway. So mm-hmm. you would just have stopped me if I'd said something and said, no, that's, that's not the right way to say it, or that's not the right way to look at it, you right. know, but, but it, but the honesty is like going out and finding, you know, like if you can find a group, if you're lucky enough to find a group that wants to discuss racial unity and, um, and, that that's wonderful but but to be but in that situation you have to be honest but you have to but you know also Dina you have to want to hear the honesty and so you were unique because no matter what I said I mean and and if you remember early on when we met I mean I was just throwing all kinds of things out there just aggressively towards you directly and that was intentional to see if you were able to handle that and and be able to mentor mm-hmm. so you were you know a lot of times you know when I've dealt with people over the years and I've done training and things like that um, you know, people are easily offended, you know, yep. and so you have to walk on eggshells, you've got blindfolders on, and you just came with this very innocent, you know, it's kind of like when Jesus talks about, you know, come to me as a little child, you mm-hmm. know, you know, coming to me as a little child. So you came very innocently and very open. Um, and so that's what's so critical is that you have to want the truth, you know, yes, um, on both sides, yeah. Yeah. on both yeah. sides. But, yeah. You know, and for, you and then for our too. side, you know, I, you were worried about, are you going to say something offensive? I'm concerned. Am I going to hurt her feelings? I'm going to be so direct and say, look, look, let me tell you white people what you need to do. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds as if uh, what you're expressing, if I could summarize this way, there's a level of humility and level of submission that has to happen when we engage this, that is something that in our natural ways, we're not going to be able to do. So one of the things we talk about on this show is that we have Jesus, if we have a relationship and we have his spirit in us, it helps us do that. What we won't naturally do on our own that seek out these relationships, but also as we seek out these relationships that are different and we can learn more about Jesus and learn more about the kingdom through this diversity that we come in acting like we probably know a whole lot less than we actually think we do. And are we willing to learn? Are we willing? It sounds like, well, even to hear some hard things, there's a proverb that says the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think we certainly have lived in a time where I love what you said, you know, that we don't take offense. That is amazing because it seems like today we can't say much of anything without someone, instead of engaging in the conversation, 
going to the place of being offended about that. And so we don't ever get into these real deep conversations. Now, you know, you've talked a bit about what it looks like and, and what it does look like. Um, I want to kind of change that a little bit to talk about now as you're working together. So you're, you're co-laboring, obviously, to be friends, but you're also co-laboring on mission together. And I think being on mission together, whatever that looks like, is a significant thing. Um, has your particular one of the missions God's called you to do together is to, to work in the inner city and outreach. Has COVID changed that approach much? I mean, obviously, you mentioned uh, just a little bit ago, Lawanda, this idea of, you know, being more, uh, what, I think the word remote wasn't the term, yeah, but, right, you know, right. that sort of thing. How has that, that affected the needs of the kids in some ways? So the needs are even greater. I mean, Gina and I have spent some time talking um, about a young woman um, who doesn't have a place to live. And so we kind of had some ideas and thoughts of how to help that, you know, individual be able to, you know, live because they were working and, and because of COVID and their hours getting cut. And that's just a typical story. It's, it's very, very hard. I think that um, one of the things that we do with our group is we talk quite a bit about specific needs, whether, you know, people need diapers for their children or clothes for their children or groceries, et cetera. And we bring those needs um, to the group that we're working with and they, and, and they just, they come through. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so we've been able to help these families in need um, because of this group and this desire. And when you talk about Jesus earlier, um, you know, it's just when you are living for Jesus and you're not living for the label of Christianity, the label of evangelical, the label of Baptist, the label of Pentecostal, Mm -hmm. whatever, and you're just living for Jesus, your actions um, and your words, they do match up, you know? And so a lot of what we've been able to do is um, helping them just meet the basic needs, which have been more extreme because of COVID. Well, one of the things uh, we're just actually in a series right now at Christian Fellowship Church called Just Like Jesus. And we talk the idea that too often we think that our call is to like Jesus, give it the social media thumbs up. I'm a big fan of Jesus, but that's not the call. The call is to be like Jesus, right? right? And too often we label ourselves with everything else other than being like Jesus. And when you get down, it sounds like and do things together, you have that opportunity. Is there a greater need right now that if someone's listening, wow, man, I really just want to say, hey, this is the, you know, sort of the last two minutes we have here. They say, hey, we need to address it. Um, the House DC that someone could come alongside and help with. I, w- I would say that, I mean, it's, I don't know, I, I shouldn't talk for you, but you know what, it's always fun. You know, we've had, it's, it's been a tough year for, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, for fun, for raising money and, um, you know, folks just don't have as much of it. Um, one of the things we're trying to do right now, we're thinking about doing is renovating one of our, one of the um, uh, pieces of property that we have in Anacostia to provide um, temporary housing for um, our kids, our young adults in um, and staff uh, as well and mm-hmm. staff. Right. And, you know, that's one thing. And we need funds. We need people that would understand, you know, maybe contractors or, you know, right. or um, skilled laborers, skilled laborers that might be able to help yeah. us realize the dream of providing temporary housing um, to um, folks. These, this temporary housing is something that we can just give. If we can just give um, our our young adults the opportunity to save a little bit of money, 
that would be, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I, and I had to throw in skilled adults. Yes. Yeah. You know, no, so, you know, yeah. That, no, exactly. That's important. Right, Dennis? Hey, man, we love hearing you guys talk. It, it reminds me a lot of a female version of Brian and I. And so that's very, <laughs> that's very cool because, you know, you love each other and, and, uh, yeah. and, and that's very clear. And so we're grateful for that. I just want to say thank you so much for, yes. for being vulnerable and for coming back and for talking to us again. Um, our audience loves that. Hey, here's what we're going to do, though. Um, folks, you, <laughs> excuse me, you heard the needs out there. You heard that there are funds needed, that there are things that Lawanda and Gina could use from you. So our radio audience, you can go to thehousedc.org. That's thehousedc.org. Hey, you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com and get more information. Guess what? You can also call me. You guys know me. My name's Dennis, 703-807-2266. Even though I am not in the office every day, I check my emails, I check my voicemails, and folks get in touch with me. So if you need to get in touch with Lawanda or Gina, again, thehousedc.org, goodnewsforthecity.com, or you can give me a call at the station. Um, Guys, ladies, I shouldn't say guys. I'm a Yankee, so I say guys. But uh, ladies, thank you so much. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And remember, everybody, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.